Welcome to the NAB League Boys edition of the Final Siren podcast. Thanks to Draft Central for all your pathway-related content across Aussie rules, basketball and netball. Visit draftcentral.com.au. Round nine of the NAB League Boys. There was a fair bit of change given there was some representative football across the board. And it threw up some interesting results. To help me review that, he's a little better this week than what he was seven days ago. It's a big welcome to the Chief Editor of Draft Central, Pete Williams. Yeah, it's good to be back and hopefully I don't lose my voice this time. It would be nice if you can stick with us for the entire program. Um, But we have drafted back in Michael Avaro, just in case that does happen. Welcome, Michael. Yeah, uh, thank you. I'm... um yeah, good to not be sick once again, so <laughs> happy to be here. We're all thrilled to be in here in uh, the sick zone. Uh, let's recap what happened on the weekend across the NAB League, boys. Uh, Tassie were comprehensive victors over the GWV Rebels up at Mars Stadium by 32 points, 10-16-76 to 5-14-44. A player that had a standout performance on the weekend for them was Riley Polkinghorn. That's right, he did, and uh, 39 disposals, equal round high for him, and a lot of the Rebels boys were up in arms that he, he didn't get a Player of the Week nomination there, but um, yeah, just a really complete display, got the ball everywhere, rebounded, went inside 50, and um, yeah, definitely a, a sort of standout game for him this year. Uh, also on Saturday, we had the Northern Knights taking on the Cold Cannons, the Cannons victorious, 10-5-65 to 8-8-56. The Oakley Chargers, this was a a big victory. We thought it could swing either way, given the representative impact on these two sides. But the Chargers burst out of the blocks and recorded a great victory. 18-14, Chargers winning there by 57 points. On Sunday, the Eastern Rangers defeated the Geelong Falcons by 40 points, 9-16-70 to 4-6-30. Inaccuracy costing the Eastern Rangers a bigger margin, margin, but what uh, they would have been impressed with was Mitch Mellis, who didn't play on the weekend for Vic Metro. A bit of a surprise in my eyes, uh, but he certainly went back to the Eastern Rangers and had a very complete performance. Yeah, he had the 39 touches as well, and he actually kicked at 81.2%, so very elite, and uh, he's already won a Player of the Week nomination, so again, he, he, he missed out because of that, but it was, a, it was a complete performance on the weekend. He had the 39 touches, the one mark. Uh, he had 16 of them, the possessions were contested, so that was really good. He also had uh, 10 clearances, which is massive, considering his team had 40 and the opposition only had 30. Uh, he also had seven inside 50s and three rebounds. So he was uh, quite impressive, and no doubt Victoria will be uh, calling him into the Metro squad very soon, you'd think. Especially after their result on the weekend, which mm. you can catch in the Championships edition of the Final Siren podcast, uh, available as well for you to tune into. Also on Sunday, we had the Western Jets 11 defeating the Bendigo Pioneers 4 7 a 42-point victory to the Western Jets. And the final game of the round down in Morwell, the Gippsland Power defeated the Sandringham Dragons by 25 points, 6-7-43 to 10-8-68. And a player there, Kyle York. Yeah, Kyle York was a pretty important player uh, for Sandringham. I mean, in a low-scoring game, it's always... Uh, I guess hard to to be a key forward because you know that it's probably going to be a bit scrappy. A lot of players for both sides were out. I'd sort of uh, suggested last week that Sandringham might get up in this game because of 
they're used to having all the players out. Uh, I know the views weren't shared around the panel. I just thought I'd throw that one out there. Keep it moving. Uh, but uh, yeah, Cole York was terrific. Like he kicked, uh, he kicked the five goals and um, had the you know the nineteen odd touches and uh, had a nine marks and one of them was contested. Had a couple of hitouts as well. Eight inside fifties. He also missed a couple of chances, so he could have had an even bigger bag. But uh, when the opposition kicks six goals and your team kicks five. Uh, kicks 10 and he's kicked five I reckon that's a pretty good day at the office and he was named best and deservedly so and the other nomination our player of the week so he was terrific should also point out that there was also a young guns game on the weekend f- uh, for the VFL so there was uh, a lot of talent missing from these NAB League Victorian sides so nice to see there are a couple of standout performances there from some players that missed out on those opportunities and as we alluded to, hopefully they'll work their way into the representative sides over the coming weeks. The ladder as it sits, the Stingrays are currently on top uh, with six wins, one draw so far from their seven games. They had the bye on the weekend. Apart from them, everyone else has played eight or nine games. So they're actually one off the pace. Mm. So it's a pretty handy position for them sure to is. be in. The Dragons currently sit second on the ladder. Rangers third and the Gippsland Power in fourth, which is starting to shape up that top four, which is protected from the wild card round a little later in the Mm. year. So those four sides in pole position at the moment. The Jets currently sit fifth, Chargers in sixth, Cannons in seventh, and rounding out the top eight, we have the Tassie Devils, which have won every game they've played in Victoria so far this year, Pete. Yeah. And every game that you haven't tipped them. Well, they're going to want me to never tip them again, aren't they? They're, just they're going very nicely. They can't win at home, but they can win away. So that's that's pretty impressive. They might want to just stay in Victoria and not go home. Don't know what that omen is for uh, the weekend's match, which we will preview a little later on in the NAB League Boys edition of the Final Siren podcast. Thanks to Draft Central. Head to afl.draftcentral.com.au for a full recap of the weekend's results and standout performances from players. Coming up next, we're going to have a chat about the under-16 Vic Metro and Vic Country sides that were in action on the weekend. Stay tuned for that. This is the NAB League Boys edition of the Final Siren Podcast. Thanks to Draft Central. Head to afl.draftcentral.com.au for comprehensive coverage of the competition. Speaking of comprehensive, we've even got some news coming out of the under-16 representative sides that were in action on the weekend. Now, this gives us a good gauge to the talent coming through. Uh, because a couple of years ago, we obviously saw Noah Anderson, Maddie Rowell, who are up and about this year in, when it comes to the highly touted draft prospects. Who are some of the names now that we can start talking about for a couple of years' time? Well, there are, um, there are a lot of them in the trial game uh, between Vic, Country and Metro on the weekend. A few interesting names and, and connections to, uh, to the AFL already. Um, for me, Vic Country, um, I thought Ben Hobbs was probably their best. He's... Um, a Greater Western Victoria Rebel, real nuggety midfielder who's already got a pretty good frame. 181 centimetres. Um, it's almost tall when you're a 16-year-old. Um, but, yeah, definitely just really gets in and under and, and accumulated well across the day. Um, great at ground level and um, just seems to have a, a really good engine. Next one was Benjamin Green, another sort of inside type from the Gippsland Power. Um, a bit lighter on, but uh, definitely stands up in, in tackles and, um, you know, look tough and, and try to fight his way out of the congestion. 
Um, next up is is perhaps the most exciting of, of the lot, Joshua Rochelle or Rochelle, um, captain for the day and, and just a, an absolute impact player, has real class and X factor through either the midfield or, or forward 50, um, finds the goals, did that um, for Murray in the under-16s, little championship they had um, for the NAB League and... Um, yeah, I mean, just so smart and, and doesn't mind a bit of niggle either. Um, really got into his opponents at a few occasions and definitely knows he's a decent type. Um, Indy Parrish was another who impressed me uh, through the midfield and, and forward flank and obviously the, the brother of, of Darcy. A few of uh, that family have gone through the, through the Falcon system. And, um, yeah, another with a really solid frame and, and broke tackles and um, really burst forward well for country on the weekend. A couple of tall types, one from the Dandenong Stingrays, Justin Davies, um, stood out. He's got red hair and um, really attacked the ball well at full flight, coming up from centre-half forward. Really good size at 92 kilos um, and 197 centimetres. And, um, yeah, really out-muscled his opponents. And at that age, I guess you can do that. Josh Wrench was the other from the Rebels um, who look like they'll, they'll be pretty decent in the next couple of years. Um had a really good first half, looks a natural kind of forward with a really good kicking action and strong overhead as well. But um, look, moving on to Metro, their skipper for the day was Yusuf Div from the Oakley Chargers and um, sort of really caught the eye before the ball had even been bounced. Got a massive afro and... Um, I mean, Clearly identical. Absolutely. And um, yeah, like gets around the, the ground really well. Another explosive type is he's really, really small. Um, and, and pretty slight, but um, yeah, really bursts forward. Had a few um, shaky kicks, but um, definitely gives a bit of drive to the side. The, uh, the other sort of really small midfield forward type was Zach Taylor of the Calder Cannons. Um, another who just has that sort of class and played through the midfield in the first half, but moved forward to probably better effect and um, Took a really good one-handed grab going back with the flight in the forward 50 and slotted a couple of goals to really cap off a good game. Brock Jacobson was a, a really solid half-back and midfielder type. Um, provided a, a good bit of drive out of the back half in the first half and was a bit quieter in his midfield time, but um, but looks a, a solid type and um, has, a, has a decent frame, sort of that 178-centimetre uh, player. Paul Curtis from the Western Jets. Really looks silky off the half-back line in particular. Um, really smooth across the turf and, and kicks well. Another one who's pretty light on but um, cracked in and tackled well um, you know, when needed. Lachlan Rankin, another outside mover like Curtis from the Oakley Chargers. Um, sort of shifted from half-back onto a wing. Definitely an outside player, but um, again, he's sort of almost tall uh, at 181 centimetres. Um, leaps well, goes inside 50 um, and, and looks a, a really damaging sort of player in those areas. Another couple, Jack Newitt from the Calder Cannons has those shiny blue boots um, but has sticky hands. That's really how he stood out and played at either end, taking some really, really good contested marks. And um, the last is Jack Rossamal from Northern. Um, kicked four goals, probably the star of the day and um, just finds the goals. The recruiters in the stands were really just sort of touching on his goal sense and being able to just get something out of nothing. Wasn't always in the game, but um, yeah, just found a way to make an impact and a couple of set shots and a couple of sort of snaps out of nothing 
um, made him stand out. But um, look, in terms of the prospects, they're really the ones that stood out. And there's uh, there's going to be a few more come championships. Um, obviously, they didn't all play in this game. And they've had a few trials before. But um, yeah, Metro got the better of this game and um, looked like having a, a few likely types. And we expect to see a few of those names bob up during the futures rounds of the NAB League competition, which commences on the 22nd of June, round 11. So uh, not this weekend, and then we've got the development by the weekend after. So in three weeks' time, we'll see a few of those names, no doubt, a part of the NAB League side's lineup. given there is a, a quota that they must play a certain number of under-16 players during that period. Yeah, and like if we look back, this is to give you an idea of a couple of years ago. This is the under-16 championships between Vic Metro and Vic Country. Now, obviously, it was just a trial on the weekend, but when they played, this was a score. So this is the current crop that are draftable this year. Vic Metro won 12-11-83 to Vic Country 9-8-62. And uh, Fisher McAsee kicked five. Uh, Rossiter, Jamison Rossiter kicked three. And uh, Emerson Jika kicked two. Um, For Vic Country, Gundry kicked two and Flanders kicked two. And then the best for Vic Metro, they might be uh, familiar names, a Raoul, Marnie, Anderson, McAsee. Uh, and then for Vic Country, you've got oh, names that seem familiar, uh, Young, Kemp, Sarong, <laughs> and Flanders. So, so are they, they, I, they seem sort of... I haven't heard yeah. too many of them. Yeah. They, they, they seem to go okay. I, it, but it gives you a great indication of those that are playing well there. There's a few, obviously, that aren't that didn't uh, progress through the under-18s. Um, I guess uh, championship sides, but there's like it shows the top end talent that stand out at these, uh, I guess, uh, games really shine in later years, particularly the first few there that are really in contention for high picks. So, when does the under 16 championships begin? Do you have that date? In well, it actually starts, they have like uh, a round in June, uh, mid June, where the Victorian teams face off and South Australia and WA face off. And then they all head up to Queensland, which will be uh, up there. They play a couple of rounds up there where um, the Victorian teams play the other two teams. Now, at under-16s level, there's no allies. They play a Division 2. So that's where, you know, your Tasmania, your Queensland, New South Wales, ACT, um, Northern Territory play. And there's also uh, representative games for uh, Boomerangs and the World 23. So they'll play off against each other a couple of times for a, um, to give an idea to recruiters as well because there's... Um, now with academies that have come in place, obviously a few years ago it wasn't as big, but now with academies in place, nearly everyone who plays in that game will be under an academy of some sort. So to be able to play in that, um, then club recruiters have an interest in that regard too. So And we'll definitely keep our eyes across how that unfolds. Head to afl.draftcentral.com.au for full scouting notes from that trial game between the under-16 Vic Metro and Vic Country sides on the weekend. We're going to take a break here on the NAB League Boys edition of the Final Siren podcast. Thanks to Draft Central. After the break, the June power rankings, they're out. And uh, we'll go through and dissect Pete Williams' opinion right after this. This is the NAB League Boys edition of the Final Siren podcast. Thanks to Draft Central. Head to afl.draftcentral.com.au to find the June Power Rankings, which came out this week. It uh, is released the first Monday of every month. And... uh, 
first one of the year where we've, or well, second one of the year, I should mm. say, first one where we see some change. Uh, looking at the top five, not a hell of a lot has changed. Surprise, surprise. You've still got Matty Rowell, Noah Anderson, Hayden Young up there. But the one that has swapped spots, yeah. Lockie Ash and Tom Green. Explain why. Uh, well, the real reason, I guess, is uh, we've seen Ash uh, perform week in, week out, and um, he probably had a bit of a disappointing game a month or so ago on the MCG against Casey, uh, and I really wanted to see how he performed uh, up against Vic Metro. And to be honest, after Young, uh, he was probably one of the next best. Uh, he was really strong uh, with his kicking. He made a mistake early, and then after that, it was um, really up there with the the best. And coming off halfback, he was kept driving and was a key reason why... Uh, Vic Country made it through and and for Green it's more a lot of these players it'll be waiting to see how they go at champs because Green is consistent as ever I know that I've actually got him higher than a lot of play like a lot of other people will um, so I, I think that right now I'm sort of a bit unsure of where he fits because he's very dominant and there's no doubt about that um, but also his size, he's just he's that much stronger than everyone else. I think there's just that question mark over whether or not that translates to the next level when he goes up against the you know your Paddy Cripps and your Bonton Pallet, the strong midfielders of the of the next level. So um, I think he certainly can, but I, I've got him a bit higher than a lot of people would anyway at the moment. Um, but he's certainly a, a top talent, and I, I certainly have him in that top ten frame. Sam Flanders from the Gippsland Power moves up to sixth in the power rankings. He was uh, seventh during May. Dylan Stevens, a big mover from Norwood. Uh, he has moved up from 12 into seventh uh, in the rankings. Caleb Sarong from the Gippsland Power, another big mover up from 13th to eighth. Will Goulds just dropped down a, a, a tad from uh, Glenelg. And then uh, Dylan Williams, he stayed uh, in the exact same spot that he was for May in number 10. Just explain those players that have jumped up, why you, again, think uh, they deserve the promotion in this edition of the Power Rankings. Yeah, there's there's a couple of reasons behind it. Obviously, um, Gould is another one who I've got probably higher than anyone. I, I really rate him. Um, I just feel that, like, in the case of Flanders, Stevens and Sarong, they've all been playing some terrific footy. And more so than Gould dropping down by anything he's done, it's more those three have forced their way in front of him. And that can change in, you know, a week or, you know, a couple of weeks um, if he starts to dominate at champs or something like that. Um, But Flanders, look, he played really well on the weekend. And um, I still think he's in contention for sort of that top four or five spot. Uh, He's got that excitement about him and he's adding more to his game every week and, you look at his uh, Gippsland power teammate, Sarong. He just doesn't really play a bad game. His kicking's really good. He's uh, nuggety. He loves getting in, winning the hard ball, and he can hit the scoreboard as well. So he was terrific on the weekend with uh, Ash and Young, and uh, he's probably that third or fourth country player to be selected. Uh, you look at Dylan Stevens. He's just been improving every single week over in the Sandful. He's only 70 kilos, but he's playing league level, so against men. Uh, on the weekend, he had the 25 touches, six marks, five tackles, two clearances, and six inside 50s. So he's certainly standing up, and, and I just think that he's one that he's going to push for that first interstate of taken. Uh, so he's definitely one that deserves to move up. And, and Williams, look, he's not in the best form, but his NAB League form leading up to the champs was terrific. He um, played really well in a couple of games, but obviously on the weekend, he got injured and only had a few touches. So um, he's just he's on potential similar to, I guess, Riley Collier-Dawkins last year and, and the ones that are like that. Um, Connor Rosie as well, because he was one who I know a lot of people were wondering, why is he still in the top 10 or something like, or along those lines? Because he wasn't 
like dominating every single week, but you can see what potential he has. And, and Williams has that potential that on his day, he can really turn a game. Cameron Tahini remains in 11th spot from Norwood in South Australia. Trent Bianco's dropped down a few from 9th to 12th in the June edition of the Power Rankings. He, of course, is the Overcharges skipper. Mitch O'Neill, he's uh, dropped down to 13th after being 8th in May. The Tassie Devils player there. Jackson Mead from Woodville West Torrens in South Australia. He stays at number 14. And then Brody Kemp moves up one spot from 16th to 15th in the June edition of the Power Rankings. And we're getting to the stage where there's some areas. Uh, I think the first couple, like particularly Tahini and Bianco, uh, they've got a pretty good game overall. Like Tahini kicked five goals in in a senior league side for Norwood. And, um, you know, anyone who can do that as a teenager is pretty impressive. And I think he'll push into the top 10 potentially. I loved him at the under-16 champs, so he's one to watch. Um, I just, it's hard to rate when you don't see him against, against the Victorian types because obviously playing for Norwood, they have a really strong midfield. So uh, that probably helps you if you're a forward. Um, Bianco slipped mainly because of... Look, he didn't have the best game on the weekend when he was playing for Metro. Uh, he's had a pretty good season, and he's one that he could fluctuate depending, um, but we know what talent he's got. Um, Mitch O'Neill's dropped mainly because he's had those couple of injuries. Like, he's had the ankle injury that troubled him last year, and he had it recently. He's starting to get going again now, but it's just getting that consistency together, and he's someone, if he has a good carnival, he's another one who could push into the top 10 like he was before. Um Mead has just been consistently going the way he is, which is why he stays. And Kemp sort of moved up a spot because I just thought he played well on the weekend. His kicking still is a bit iffy, especially when he's at full full speed. But um, his work from defence was really impressive, which is why he moved up to 15th. Josh Worrell swaps with him, moving from 15th to 16th from the Sandringham Dragons. My mate Connor Buderick, he's up from number 20 into the 17th spot uh, from the Gold Coast Suns. Academy Jeremy Sharp from East Fremantle. Uh, he moves uh, down a spot from 17th to 18th. Cooper Stevens from the Geelong Falcons uh, has moved down. Of course, he hasn't played no, any no. football uh, recently given his injury. Luke Jackson from East Fremantle moves uh, down one spot as well from 19th to 20th. Uh, Nick Bryan. Uh, Comes in at 21 because this is a slightly extended extended, uh, power rankings this week. Darcy Kasser uh, at number 22 from the Western Jets. Trent Rivers from East Fremantle, number 23. Kasaya Pickett, number 24 from Woodville West Torrens. And Fraser Phillips rounds out the 25 uh, from the Gippsland Power. Yeah, there's a lot of exciting players in there. Like I I wanted to sort of keep the 20 as it was in the first month because I don't think there's been enough high-level footy uh, in terms of championships to judge a player, to knock one out that wasn't already there. So I ended up going with the same 20, but obviously mixed around. Connor Buderick's been terrific. He hasn't played a bad game. He keeps jumping up. Um, Sharp hasn't played as much uh, waffle footy lately. They've had a lot of representative commitments. Cooper Stevens hasn't played any footy, as you said. He's been injured, so he's sort of obviously going to drop as players make their way up. Um, Jackson, similar to Sharp, hasn't played a lot of footy because of representative stuff just for waffle and things like that. Um, uh, And the five that I wanted to add, I want Nick Bryan in there because I think he's going to push Jackson as that top ruck. Uh, And then Trent Rivers, who's a, you know, he's a captain or one of the captains of his local side, East Fremantle. He's going to be one of the leaders in the West Australian team. He's an important midfielder. 
Uh, and then you look at the other three who are really exciting. Darcy Kassar, he's, I guess, transformed into a defender this year. He played forward on the weekend and was good in the first half and then was a bit quieter later on, but he's got high potential. Um, Cozzy Pickett, look, he's just as exciting as they come. Probably the most exciting prospect in the draft, potentially. He's only 170, so you're not usually putting 170 prospects anywhere near the uh, the top end, but he's he's just got that much talent, and I thought he deserved to be in there. And Fraser Phillips is just one that I really like because I think he's got a lot of scope, and, um, yeah, I, I'm excited to see how he goes for big country this year. So, as you alluded to, not much change from May to June. But over the next month, mm. I reckon there'll be a fair bit of change given we are now entering the championships, which will see the best talent mm. come together on the park. What's your predictions looking into your crystal ball about the changes that could potentially take place for July? Yeah, I, I think the, the top three are probably pretty set because they've already performed on at a high level many, many times. So I can't see them underperforming. After that, you've probably got that gap from, say, fourth to maybe 12th or 13th where there's that group that will shuffle around depending on how they go. Usually after that, it's it's a bit of a free-for-all. So um, anyone sort of outside that top 15 particularly, um, I, I think that it will really depend how they go in terms of the championships because um, this year I think there's a lot of good top-end talent. It's not as good as it was last year, but then the, the depth, uh, I guess, from 15 on is pretty even. So... It's hard to sort of work out until they play, particularly for interstaters, because naturally being in Victoria, you see Victorians every single week. Um, and that's why I deliberately, with the West Australians, South Australians, uh, allies now have been able to see, which is lucky enough, but um, South Australians, WA, it's really the championships. You can see highlights and um, you really rely on their championships from last year and previous years. So um, seeing them live will be terrific and I'm looking really forward to it. That's the June Power Rankings, now available at afl.draftcentral.com.au and we'll dissect the July ones in a month's time. Each first Monday of every month Mm. is when they drop, so uh, we'll keep you uh, reminded about when that occurs. We'll take one final break here on the NAB League Boys edition of the Final Siren podcast and we'll take a look at what's happening in Round 10 right after this. This is the NAB League Boys edition of the Final Siren Podcast. It is round 10 in the NAB League Boys this weekend. Before we get stuck into it, a reminder that you can head to afl.draftcentral.com.au for a full weekend preview of the games. Of course, the Victorian sides and uh, now the Tassie side will also be missing some of the talent courtesy of the championships. Round one gets underway for them this weekend and should also point out that we will have a special edition of the Final Siren podcast over the coming weeks for the Under-18 Boys National Championships, which uh, you can find as part of the stream for the Final Siren podcast. So uh, if you're looking for that content, just uh, keep an eye out. For that, But it is round 10 in the NAB League, boys. The Dandenong Stingrays host the Northern Knights 10.30 at, on uh, Saturday morning out at Shepley Oval. Also on Saturday at 11.30, part of a double header up in Ballarat, we have the Geelong Falcons taking on the Sandringham at Dragons, that game at Mars Stadium. Down at Morwell, 1 o'clock on Saturday, we have the Gippsland Power and the Western Jets, a game that comes back into the Jets' hands courtesy of 
the representative talent that will be missing from the power side. Yeah, and they've um, they've had a good couple of wins in a row. Definitely a, a big one over Bendigo last week. Um, but look, Gippsland's had a week off, or sorry, a week with their stars missing, and um, you'd back them to sort of get back into form here and and have their depth perform pretty strongly. They, you know, pushed Sandringham as well last week. Let's not forget it was only about a, f- a four goal difference. So um, look at home, I'd back them here. Um, t- but expect the Jets to sort of shake it up a little bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm going for Gippsland in this one. They're ready, primed, and obviously we can't forget the Jets will be missing a, a couple of their top-end talent through Metro selection, you'd assume. Um, Kassar will definitely be missing. Um, Jika, if he's not playing um, Metro, if he's still injured, he, he w- probably won't be playing Jets, but um, if he's fit, he'll probably play Metro. Um, Honey uh, could be either or either, but again, he's one that um, will be interesting to see where he goes. Um, but Gippsland, obviously, as we spoke about, they're going to be missing quite a few. They might have one or two back, depending on how the Vic Country selection goes, but um, I think Gippsland will get the job done here. It should be fairly close. The Jets have uh, slowly been improving. I thought they'd be a good side this year, and they started really slowly, but now they're starting to, to prove themselves, and um, yeah, I think that's going to be uh, potentially the game of the round. Gippsland let me down last week, so I'm going with the Western Jets. Uh at Mars on Saturday at 2 o'clock in the second game of the double header up there. The GWV Rebels are taking on the Eastern Rangers. At Warrawee Park, 2 o'clock Saturday afternoon, the Oakley Chargers host the Calder Cannons. The Cannons have been on a little bit of a roll recently. They've built some good momentum, a, a good win a couple of weeks ago against Murray. Got over the line last week against the Northern Knights. They face an Oakley Chargers side, which for me still has plenty of question marks. Yeah, they do. But uh, Oakley uh, still have talent in there, especially with uh, some of the ones that will likely miss uh, Metro selection. I reckon Raul and Anderson probably won't, but, you know, or <laughs> Bianco and Williams. But, um, you know, it. some of the others. Yeah, I don't think Metro will get to that stage where they're resting them. Um but, look, I still think Oakley have enough about them. Calder have been uh, quite good. They're obviously missing a few as well. They've missed uh, Mott, and I think Harrison Jones did enough to keep his spot in Metro. He's been playing quite well of late. Um, and Brody Newman, again, will probably keep his spot. So they're missing a few. Um, I might opt towards Oakley in this game. I'm not really sure why. I just have a feeling at home. And um, Calder, they've been playing well, but I think Oakley are just primed for it. Um, yeah, I'm not really sure why, but I will just go Oakley. <laughs> I just got a feeling, just great, a hunch. Great insight there yes. from the yeah. chief editor. Well, um, look, I'll, I'll provide a, a point of difference and perhaps a little more insight. Thank you, Michael. Um, There's a reason we brought you into the podcast this week. No, not at all. Um, <laughs> look, I, I think Cannons will get up here. They've been in, in really good form and obviously not missing too much of the core. They've um, brought back a lot of overages as well who have been performing just solidly. Um, you know, the likes of uh, Curtis Brown, who's, who's still in the side, is doing well. Sam Ramsey, uh, who just missed out on, on Metro selection. So um, they're in good form. I think um, they'll get up in the, in a rare game at Warrawee Park um, of late. So, yeah, I'll back in the Cannons. I'm going to head with the Cannons too. And it's because they're also, um, well, predicting that they'll be having three or four players, I think, were selected in the Young Guns game last weekend, so they're four players that they'll get back into the side for them this week. So that's why I'll be tipping the Oakley Chargers final game of the round. The Tassie Devils host the Murray Bush Rangers on Sunday at 10am down at uh, what is that, the University of Tasmania Stadium. UTAS. 
Utaz. Which way is this one going to unfold, Mr. Williams? Because, <laughs> because before I, before you yeah, butt I know, in, I know the Devils are now lo- missing talent thanks to the Allies squad. The Bush Rangers have had a shocking couple of weeks. Where do you see that this game going? Well, I'm going to tip Tassie because the Bushies need a win. <laughs> so we know how good I've been with uh, with Tasmania this year. I reckon every single round I've tipped them. They've uh, they've lost, and every round I haven't tipped them, they've won. And the Bushies are crying out for a win. They need a bit of luck, so I'm going to tip Tassie and try and help them out. Um, look, Lockie Ash makes a huge difference to that side. Uh, uh, you know, he, he being out is a pretty important player. Uh, I know a lot of players have talent out, but he's just that point of difference because Murray have a lot of types that will win the footy there. They'll win it, go in hard, get it out. They just... Probably lack that bit of class. Uh, they've got to play some of those classier players like your Jai Chalcrafts and those type uh, more inside because of others that are out. Um, so therefore, they're sort of lacking that outside class because those players are playing inside. Um, Jimmy Boyer stepped up last week. He's one that can use the ball fairly well. He's an outside uh, type. Uh, Cam Wild obviously missed the game last week, but he also missed the country selection. So uh, hopefully he will be important in that one. Uh, obviously, they'll be missing Hollands as well. I'd be very surprised if Vic Country dropped him. So, um, Ash and Hollands will be out. Otherwise, they're fairly full strength, which concerns me a little considering their results. Um, they have the least Vic Country rep or least Victorian reps of any side. So, it does have a bit of a, a question mark there. Um, they have lost some players to the Allies squad, though, too. The Tassie. As well. yeah. No, but Oh, Murray. them as well. Correct. Yes. yes. Yeah, the Victoria. I should... Yeah, you are quite correct there. Like Ben Kelly, obviously, uh, um, and some of the others that are out. But Tasmania uh, are obviously going to be missing a fair chunk of their team mm-hmm. and their top-end talent too. So, um, yeah, it's kind of hard when I'm tipping the team where I think the other team's going to win, but they <laughs> you're need trying, to win. You're trying Look, the reverse psychology. Exactly. Craig Notman, um, no doubt you've got Pete Williams' details. Yeah, no, look, I, I think... Murray will win, but I'm going to tip Tassie because Murray need a win. There's nothing. Tassie going great. Um, who knows? It could be the one that snaps the thing. But otherwise, it is at home, and Tassie haven't gone well there. If it was in Victoria, it might be the other way. Yeah, um, I'm going to go a bit more conventional with my tip, and um, because I think Murray will win, I'm going to tip Murray. Uh, so... <laughs> Uh, yeah, just just with the sort of the core being stripped of the Tassie side um, with ally selection, I think... Um, I think that Murray will adjust a little bit better. Um, I'll come out sort of red hot and might even enjoy the travel a little bit. Uh, it's not usually a concern for country teams, but you know, going down, going down to Tassie, bit of a say, holiday. They're not have used a, to travelling, are they? Yeah, well, but uh, look, they'll, they'll have a good game of footy and uh, hopefully get up. Uh, the insightful analysis you get here on the Final Siren podcast. This is going to be a tight game for me because you made the point then, Pete, and I think it's well judged. But Murray have got still got plenty of talent in their side and aren't getting the results. There's a question mark there for me. Tassie, on the other hand, have been getting the job done with a side that's been uh, probably had ins and outs more than that, what they would have liked. Mm. Yes, their core talent gets stripped away, which I think brings it back. Murray need to uh, pull the digit out, in my perspective, and this is their opportunity to be able to do that. And if they're unable to do that, then I think they can wave goodbye to 2019. Well, not with a wild card round. I still you only I need st- to play a good four weeks and you've won a flag. I still don't think they'd be able to achieve that. No, probably not. But if a team won it from 13th, then that's a bit yeah interesting, wouldn't it? 
Yeah, it would be. <laughs> Wouldn't it be? <laughs> Thank you very much for <laughs> tuning in, unfortunately, to this edition of the Vinyl Siren Podcast. It's gone a bit haywire in, in, in the last few moments. Lucky we had Michael Lavaro in here keeping things sane for the last 10 minutes. Professional as always. Thank you. And uh, to the chief editor, Pete Williams, it must be the medicine that he's on this week to get him through the Just uh, podcast. Just <laughs> Thanks, guys. Appreciate all the love and support. I'm Matthew Cox. Thanks very much for your company here on the Final Siren Podcast. Thanks to Draft Central. Head to afl.draftcentral.com.au for a full round preview of the NAB League boys and anything to do with it. The social media accounts, Pete. Yep, at Draft Central Oz, AUS, on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram for all the content you would like to see. And a reminder to keep out if you're subscribed to the podcast for the Under-18 Boys National Championships edition of the Final Siren podcast where we will dissect uh, all the results from that and preview the sides as well. Thanks for your company. We look forward to it next time on the Final Siren Podcast.